0: So it's, it's time for change, and um, um, I remember this statement that Pastor David um, made by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He said, in order for revival to come to a church, the church must be cleansed. In order for revival to come to a city, the church must be cleansed. In order for revival to come to a nation, the church must be cleansed, and so um, what I have on my heart to talk to you about tonight is repentance and forgiveness. And, um, you know, this, this time that we are living in, God chose you to be a part of this dispensation of time. He didn't choose Moses. He didn't choose Daniel. He didn't choose any of those other people that we read about in the Bible. You would think, man, they would do great during this time, this last outpouring of the Holy Spirit. But he chose you to be here during this time. So that means if he chose us to be here, then he's gonna equip us and give us everything that we need to do our part to usher in the second coming of Christ. And so in order to do that, we have to make sure that we are in position to hear and to do what he's asked us to do. And so there are things in our lives sometimes we have to make adjustments. You know, maybe you've noticed lately, maybe you've kind of been at a standstill or, you know, maybe it just seems like things are not, you know, quite moving or you, you just can't really understand, like, what's been going on. And, um, you know, God just wants to adjust some things and tweak some things and and work on changing some things in you. And so the scripture that he took me to was, um, let's see, we'll go there first. Psalms, Psalm 34. No, it's not 34, Psalm 32, Psalm 32, so I'm getting ahead of myself. Actually, before we go there, we're going to go to Second Chronicles 7, 14, and I'm going to read it from the Amplified Bible. The word repent means to turn from sin to God or to change one's mind or purpose. So you're going one way and you need to make a change. You know, maybe your purpose was one way and you need to make a change. Maybe you were, you know, the, the greatest time of repentance is usually when we um, receive Christ and we turn from sin, we come out of darkness and we come into the light. And we turn from our evil ways. We turn from sin and we come over into the family of God. So in Second Chronicles 7.14, It says, If my people who are called by my name, and I'm reading in the Amplified, shall humble themselves, pray, seek, crave, and require of necessity my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. How many of you can agree we need some healing in our land? You know, in this season, I think one of the most challenging things for me out of the year 2020 was watching people destroy their relationships with each other. And how offense and hurt and pain became the greater thing in people's relationships. And that was really, really challenging for me to watch that. I'm a person, I, I'm, I'm about relationship. And um, I don't let people in super easy into my life. And so if you're there, man, <laughs> you went through some stuff to get there, you know, in, in my mind, you know. And um, so when I see people... Severing relationships or losing relationships over offenses, over things that, you know, in the overall scheme of, you know, the plan of God are not the greatest things. It was really hard for me to deal with that. And we had lots of discussions um, in 2-9. I'm thankful for Zoom. And um, it just seemed like when things were hot and things were going on, like, You know, we always had um, 2-9, and we were able to um, talk through situations, and Holy Spirit was able to communicate and help some people. But in that season, a lot of relationships were lost. You know, we had things going on, you know, with the economy. We had things going on politically. We had racial things going on. And I mean, that, that was just so hard to see people offended over the color of their skin. I've always grown up in a a diverse environment. I've always grown up with, you know, people from all different races and all different backgrounds. And I'm so thankful. I even went to private school and in my class, there were four black people in my class. But I was able to be in that environment and I learned about different people. I learned how to love different people. I learned how to uh, not walk in a fence when people didn't understand things that I was personally going through or things that I was challenged with nobody knows your mind nobody knows your thoughts nobody can really understand you but that's why we have God and to put on people a requirement that is something that God can work through and help out in your life. It's not fair to other people. And so just watching people's relationships, people who walked side by side, and not the color of their skin didn't matter yesterday, and then they wake up the next day, and then all of a sudden they can't walk together. And they let that take them out of the body of Christ or they let that cause division in the body of Christ. That was hard for me to, to walk through and that was hard for me to witness. And even in that season, you know, I'm like, I've grown up in this church. I was eight years old when I came to this church. My pastors are white. My youth pastor is white. My children's minister was black. <laughs> but I've never felt anything but love from this place. Never felt anything but love from this place. As a matter of fact, sometimes I forget the color of my skin. And I'm in situations, scenarios, and I'm like, oh, one of these things is not like the other. <laughs> because that's not my number one focus when I go into situations. Pastor David and vicky they're my mom and dad. They're my spiritual parents. I don't care what color their skin is. Do you love me? Are you gonna teach me the word? Will you correct me when I need correcting? Will you be there for me in time of trouble? All the boxes are checked. So when challenge and and craziness came, I'm not walking away from where I know it's good. I'm not walking away from my family. I live in a diverse, I have a diverse family. I have white people in my family, black people in my family, Asian people in my family, Filipino people in my family, Latinos in my family. I'm a member of the family of God. And if God made everybody different, who am I to try to mess that up? He gave us some flavor in our family. How boring would it be if we were all the same? We're not the same. We're not supposed to be the same. And so during that season, just watching people, you know, watching the division and, and watching all the strife and watching all those things, man, that, that was the thing that I would pray for the most. I'm like, God, we need each other. How do we do the will of God without each other? We are the church. We are the body of Christ. God wants to pour out his spirit on all flesh. He wants to pour out his spirit on the church. But if we're divided, how is he supposed to pour out his spirit on us? When Jesus left to go to heaven, he called all the disciples together. He told them to get all in one room. They were confused. They didn't know what was going on. Jesus has left. He said, get in that one room, get together. And they all came together in one mind and in one accord. So when fear comes on the scene, we don't divide, but we come together in one mind and in one accord, and we wait on God. God. And as minister Darnell pointed out on Wednesday there were so many distractions. Come on church. How do we get distracted by the color of our I said this before by the color of our dirt. How easy it was for the devil to come in and divide the church. It's time for us to wake up. And get back to what's important. And so the reason why, you know, the the you know the scripture talks about, you know, we, we have to turn for our ways and we have to, to 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 pray, but we have to turn. And I think really probably the the, the hard part of this message for me um, in this this turning is that we think we don't have to repent. And we don't have to forgive when we've been hurt or offended. And that's not the case. Just because somebody hurts you, doesn't give you the right to walk in unforgiveness towards them. It doesn't. Jesus was that example. His own people turned on him. Think about that. And he got on that cross for each and every one of us. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. You know, we have this expectation of people, you know, and we think that they're, they're supposed to be perfect, but we don't walk in that perfection ourselves. but we put that pressure on other people. Repentance is good. The Bible says that God's goodness leads men to repentance. Romans Romans 2, chapter 1, and I'm going to read in the Amplified Bible. It says, "'Therefore you have no excuse or defense or justification, O man, whoever you are who judges and condemns another.'" "...for in posing as judge and passing sentence on another, you condemn yourself, because you who judge are habitually practicing the very same things that you censor and denounce." But we know that the judgment of adverse verdict sentence of God falls justly and in accordance with truth upon those who practice such things. And do you think or imagine, O man, when you judge and condemn those who practice such things and yet do them yourself, that you will escape God's judgment and elude his sentence and adverse verdict? Or are you so blind as to trifle with and presume upon and despise and underestimate the wealth of his kindness and forbearance and long suffering patience? Are you unmindful or actually ignorant of the fact that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repent, to change your mind, and inner man to accept God's will? We think that because God has given us time to repent, that we can go after that person that's doing wrong and pass judgment on them while we're not looking at what we're doing ourselves. People get on those keyboards, on social media, and they have so much to say. They're so wise, they've been to law school, they know government class, they know politics through and through, they know the Bible through and through and never opened it up, they're just using one scripture. And then what do we do? We jump in. Oh, that ain't how you interpret that scripture. I'm going to set them straight because I've been in church. I know how that scripture goes, so I'm going to set them straight. And then we're in this back and forth, and we think because we have the right answer that we should go ahead and lay that truth on them because they need to know the truth. And it's this going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and the world is watching the church, going, why do I want to be a part of that? They're just as scared as we are. They're just as divided as we are. They don't know any answers. They're putting it all out there for everybody to see their ignorance. And we should be united. I had somebody text me the other day, like how do you stay out of that stuff on social media And I had a long answer, but the short response was, I value conversations over text messages. Usually if I see something then posted, first I give the person the benefit of the doubt. Like maybe they're having a bad day. They had to go to social media and tell all their business on social media. They mad at somebody at home, so they went online to get it out with somebody else. They hangry, so they posting stupid stuff. <laughs> they didn't sleep last night. So my first response is I'll text that person. Hey, just want you to know I love you. You okay? Is everything all right? I've texted some of these young people. Hey, you good? <laughs> Yo, what's going on? You got a rock in your shoe? Like, hey, what's happening? Where's all of this coming from? And when we had our discussion, so then we bring it to the table like, all right, what's going on? And they're like, you know, and this person is, and, you know, they just made me so mad. And, you know, I just had to say this, and I don't understand these are old people acting like this, and, you know, they're going all this, and they're supposed to be leaders in the church, and, you know, all this kind of stuff, and they would rise up. And then I said, but you guys are leaders in the church. What about your response to their foolishness? God holds you accountable for what you say, not for what they say and what you correct what they say. They didn't like those discussions, but we made it through. (laughs) Right? They were mad and fussing. But I believe Holy Ghost helped some of them in that season because it's painful. People that you walked with one day, turning on you the next day. It's tough. But it's the love of God that brings me into repentance. And sometimes, most of the time, every time, we are required to walk in love. Because if you don't, then you'll have unforgiveness sit in you And it will affect you. It'll affect your health. It'll affect your mind. It'll affect your performance. It'll affect the gift that God has given you. And not in a positive way, but in a negative way. It'll affect your voice, it'll affect your influence. Sometimes God uses people to help lead you to repentance. So my story is, I was having a, a rough time, and um, someone had said something, and it really, really hurt me, and it really offended me. And I didn't realize I was offended. I thought, you know, I, that, that person said something. You know, they knew better. You know, I, I should, you know... Like, that, that was, it was hurtful. Like, I, you know, I was hurting. And I didn't realize that in my hurt and in my pain that I was expressing, like, I was walking around with, like, this edge on me. And I had a little bit of, you know, I had anger. And so, you know, when I would talk and communicate or do things, you know, it, it had just gotten to the point where I was just like, you know, my frustration would come out in conversations. One little thing would throw me off or, you know, whatever. It had started to affect me as a a whole. And um, so, one of the the things in that um, season of time, um, how much of this story do I need to share, God? (laughs) Um, Praise God. So, in that season of time, and because there was this little bit of edge on me, and when I would get frustrated, um, when I would communicate, I would do it, you know, like with an edge, and um, there was one particular time I was, um, uh, Pastor Vicki had asked me a question, and my response was kind of sharp, and um, she called me to the carpet on it, and like I said, I'm, I'm very thankful for my pastors. Um, they correct me when I, I'm wrong, and I have um, submitted myself to them, and I'm just really thankful that they don't let me get by with little things and stupid stuff that eventually could become big things and would affect my life. And so she called me on it, and, and so, you know, I, I said, you know, I'm so sorry. You know, I didn't mean to, you know, respond in that way, and, you know, that wasn't my heart. And, um, you know, and I began to tell her, you know, I'm just hurt, and, you know, this happened, and this person did this to me, and blah, 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 you know. And I was expecting this, you know, hug and, you know, just fluffiness, you know, I've been wrong and that's why I'm like this. And, you know, you know, I'm not normally like this, but you know, whatever. And um, so she gave me a little bit of that. And so, you know, I'd left the conversation. I was like, okay, you know, I feel a little bit better. I feel like, you know, she's on my side in this situation. She's going to go to bat for me. She's going to handle this. And so a few hours later, she called me and she's like, are you sure in that situation, like, you didn't cause offense, or you didn't do anything wrong in that situation, or, you know, was there something you said? And I'm like, no, you know, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. I didn't do anything. You know, this person did something. It wasn't me, you know. And um, so she just kept pushing, and she kept pushing, and she kept pushing, and she's like, you know, you should probably um, apologize. And I'm like, they hurt me. I'm on the phone, and I'm just, I'm crying. I was like, you know, and I'm thinking in my mind, you're supposed to be on my side. And I don't understand why you can't just be on my side. Why do I have to be the bigger person? I'm tired of being the big, you know, this is me. I'm always the bigger person in every situation. I'm tired of being the bigger person. Why can't that person, you know? And um, so then she just started, you know, encouraging me and, and talking to me and was like, you know, you're a leader in the church and, you know, just reminding me of, of who I was and, you know, how important it was to get this situation straight and how it could affect, you know, so many different things. And I was like, whatever. You know, I know you're right, but whatever. Okay, fine. I'll take care of it. I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I don't need you to get involved. You know, just stay out of it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to take care of it. I'm going to take care of it. Because, you know, then it's like it'll escalate to a point where, you know, everybody gets called in, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I can't be having all that. And like, I'm already in trouble. I can't go to the next level. I've got to get this straight. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get it straight. So I was like, all right, fine. I've got to, you know, talk to this person. I've got to make this situation right. And um, I cried all night. I cried, I cried, I cried. And I was like, Lord, I just don't get it. I don't understand. You know, maybe this isn't where I'm supposed to be you know blah 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 you know and you just get dramatic when you have to you know do something you don't want to do you just get so dramatic and you know maybe I got to move to another city or you know maybe you know this this just isn't working and I just gotta you know drop off the map maybe I'll move out of the country I mean you just like go so extreme I got to change out my whole wardrobe you know I got to call a hundred people on the phone you know I mean you just you get so extreme and so I was crying and I was crying out to God and I was like, God, I need in this situation, I've got to have you show me where I need to make an adjustment. If I'm going to go to this person, if I'm going to offer like, you know, a real like, you know, if I have to apologize, if I have to admit wrong or, you know, whatever I have to do on my part, if I have to go, this has to be genuine because I'm not coming back to this situation again. As I told you last week, I don't like to cry. And if I'm crying all night over a situation, oh, you better believe it's going to be done by morning. I'm not going back to this again. And so I cried, 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 And Holy Spirit gave me this verse of Scripture. In Colossians chapter 4. Nope, that's not it. It's in Ephesians. Hold on, I'm gonna find this scripture because it was so good, and Holy Spirit just took me there, and He showed me. Praise God. Gonna find it, y'all. It's so good. See, I should have just had my single notes instead of all these other notes. Always trying to be in control. That's how you lose scriptures in your notes, trying to be in control. Is it Colossians, Lord? Huh? Ephesians, right? No. (laughs) Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. It's in the Bible. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, Colossians. Okay. Colossians chapter 3, <laughs> verse 12. Since God chose you to be holy people, he loves you, must clothe yourselves with tender hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults. And forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, close yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. What jumped out to me in this scripture was, Make allowance for each other's faults. No one is perfect. And what I realized is in this situation, there was no agenda to take me out. There was no, you know, purposeful, you know, trying to to be rude or, you know, whatever towards me. And it had blown up and it had affected me and it was working in me. And I'm thankful You know, one, for the covering that I have and for pastors that speak the word. And I'm thankful in that situation that she could have just, you know, not pushed, but she knew where I was. She saw things that I didn't even know was going on. And sometimes, you know, we get so caught up in the hurt and in the offense that we forget, you know, people have bad days. People do stupid stuff. But is it worth all the division in the end? What about all the stupid stuff you've done? What about the things that you've said that have offended people? And you want forgiveness. You want things to go well. You want the blessings of God. But when it comes to turning around having to dish it out, yeah, no mercy. You should know better. You are Christian. Aren't we all Christians? You're supposed to be Christ-like. You're supposed to walk in love. Absolutely, that's the whole truth. But sometimes you extending love and forgiveness helps them to see where they have wronged you, and they're able to extend love and forgiveness back to you. Somebody has to be the bigger person. And you know what? I chose the anointing of God. I chose the love of God. I chose the blessings of God. I chose God and his will over having to humble myself in a hard situation. We need the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We need God working through us. But we can't be wrapped up in petty fights. Maybe we need to pick up the phone and reach out to someone. Maybe you stop talking to this person because they hurt you, and they don't even know they hurt you. A lot of times people don't know. They just think everything's fine, you know, and they'll start talking to you, and you're over there sitting in your corner, like, whining, complaining, like, God, you know, they're treating me this way. And they, they just, you know, they're they not nice, and, you know, and get them, God. And then when something happens in their life, see, judgment comes when you do wrong. You know, God was going to get you. I tried to tell you. Another thing that came to my, my heart was winning is not just in the running, but it's in the way the race was won. It's not just about winning, it's not just about being right, it's not just about having the answers. You can win, but they're like, you know, in any sport, there's a thing called good sportsmanship. Nobody wants to play against a team that's boasting, bragging, you know, scrapping, playing a... Scr- I mean, I hate it in basketball. We play girls and they play a scrappy game of basketball. It's like, why can't we play real basketball? Why y'all being scrappy? Yes, you may have won, but that was the ugliest game I've ever been a part of. What difference does it matter if you win in the end if you have stepped over people, pushed them aside, kicked them to the curb, and you're standing on the top of the hill, I'm one, and you look around and there's nobody there with you? How are you playing the game? Nobody likes to play with someone that plays dirty. We have a job to do, church. We need the glory of God in this hour. I'll close with this story in Matthew chapter 18. I'm not going to do 45 wrap ups. Y'all got me last time. (laughs) I'm going to close with this. I'm going to close with this. I'm going to close with that. But I'm going to throw this in there. Anyway, so Matthew chapter 18, verse 21. It says Then Peter came to him and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? No, not seven times, Jesus replied but 70 times seven. Come on, just seven times, maybe eight times. All right, I'll be nice and I'll forgive him 10 times. Nope. Not seven times, Jesus replied, but 70 times seven. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who decided to bring his accounts up to date with servants who had borrowed money from him. In the process, one of his debtors was brought in who owed him millions of dollars. He couldn't pay so his master ordered that he be sold, along with his wife, his children, and everything he owned to pay the debt. Thank God that's not in place anymore. I wouldn't see a lot of y'all. But the man fell down before his master and begged him, please be patient with me and I will pay it all. Then his master was filled with pity for him and he released him and forgave his debt. But when the man left the king, he went to a fellow servant who owed him a few thousand dollars. He grabbed him by the throat and demanded instant payment. His fellow servant fell down before him and begged for a little more time. Be patient with me and I will pay it, he pleaded. But his creditor wouldn't wait. He had the man arrested and put in prison until the debt could be paid in full. When someone of the other servants saw this, they were very upset. They went to the king and told him everything that had happened. Then the king called in the man he had forgiven and said, You evil servant, I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? Then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he had paid his entire debt. That's what my heavenly father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. We cannot walk around forgiven by God and then dish out unforgiveness to our fellow brothers and sisters. God so graciously forgives you when you're wrong. And we have to so graciously forgive others when they repent. Maybe they haven't repented to you. You still have to walk in forgiveness. Amen. If you want to be heard, you want your prayers answered, you want to operate in what God has for you, you want to move, you want him to use you, these are things that we have to do. We have to repent, and we have to walk in forgiveness. Maybe you've been holding on to something. Maybe there's, you've been genuinely hurt by someone. You've experienced things in your life that have really hurt you. Maybe you thought you really let those things go. Maybe you thought you really forgave those people. I can't go fully into a story and I already said I was going to close, but I just had one more thought (laughs) along that line. Um, and this is a whole different story, a whole thing in itself. Um, you know, I grew up and, um, my mom was a single parent and, uh, she did great raising four kids and she worked super hard and, you know, made sure we came to church and, and, uh, did everything she could. And uh, God bless my dad, (laughs) if anybody knows my dad. He's a character all in himself. And, um, you know, he really wasn't around in the the fatherly type way um, growing up. And so I had, you know, some issue. And I ended up going to counseling. And I remember going to the counselor and, you know, they have you fill out this form, and we sit down, and I was like, okay, I don't want you to tell, we ain't going to talk about the fact that I have daddy issues. Don't tell me I have daddy issues. Of course, I have daddy issues. If you grew up like I grew up, you would have daddy issues, but I'm not paying you to tell me that. I already know that. Let's talk about something else. <laughs> so she got quiet, and she's like, and I was like, okay, so him hawed around. And I was like, all right, fine. She's like, are you ready to do this? So I was like, i like, let's talk about it, you know, and um, the bottom line in that, that situation is that, you know, I went through, I, I didn't realize that I actually had um, unforgiveness, and I, I actually had some, um, a little bit of hate in my heart towards my father, and um, I didn't understand, and I was upset with God, like, why, why couldn't I have, you know, one of those dads that come to your games, and, you know, shows up, and is a dad, and, you know, all those kind of things, why you give me that one, <laughs> Could we have, like, discussed this or something, you know? And, um, you know, just kind of going through that whole process of, you know, God working in me and God helping me and God bringing me to a place where I was able to forgive and able to love him. And um, one of the things that really helped me in that process, too, and this is bad, you know, I think of Joyce Meyer and her testimony about her dad. And I was like, oh, Lord, I got to get it together because I cannot have that man come living in my house. (laughs) I don't want to have to walk in that level. You know, I'm going to just get it right on the outside because, you know, we can't live in the same house together. So, you know, it was motivating fact for me to get it together. I'm like, don't move him in, Lord. You know, I'll get it out. But even though, you know, there were things that I I went through in my life and challenges that I had with my dad, I still wasn't able to walk in unforgiveness towards him. That hindered so many things in my life. And um, I'm so thankful that God helped me in that situation, and he put people in my life to help me even in that scenario. And now I can, you know, say I love my dad, and um, he, we still have this weird relationship, because he's just, you know, he's Pierre Wells. There's no other you know, <laughs> explanation for it, if you know my dad. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I'm so thankful that, um, you know, that we are at this place and that. You know, we can talk on the phone, and, and um, he calls me, and he calls me. Uh, somehow I got a nickname, and I think it's great I have a nickname because my younger sister, is. she gets so upset about it, and it just makes me so happy because <laughs> she's, a, she's a daddy's girl. She's all about her daddy, her daddy, her daddy, but I got the nickname, and my nickname is number one. So. <laughs> So he calls and my name is tattooed on his arm, you know, so she gets all mad. Why? You have three other kids. How come you don't put their names on your arm, too? And he's like, no, you know. So, um, you know, even in that situation, he'll call me and sometimes he'll leave leave a message. And he's like, hey, number one, just thinking about you. And, um, you know, I save some of those messages because it's just good to hear. Because at one time he, he would never call me and he would never reach out to me. And I always like, you know longed for that. And so, you know, we're at a place. And so I just want to encourage you, if you've dealt with some, deal with some hurt in your life, and, you know, maybe you don't quite realize that you need to forgive someone. Maybe you think you have forgave them, but you still get this, like, twitch when you hear their name. This scratch, that might be a good indicator right there. There's something still going on. And you got to let go. God is greater than anything that has ever happened to you. And no matter what, what the devil meant for evil, God can turn for good. And he can use that to bring many, to Christ. Amen. We pray all the time, use me, Lord, use me, use me, use me, until it hurts. Then it's like, oh, no, I'll, I'll, you know, use somebody else to do that. (laughs) But let's remember, we are a family. We are the body of Christ. We are the church. We are the blood-bought church. We are the redeemed. And there's room for so many more. To join us. Let your life be a testimony. Let God change you. Let him use you. Let's bring this church in unity. Let's walk in love towards one another. Make allowances for each other. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we're so thankful for your word tonight. We're so thankful for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, for forgiving us, for helping us, Father God, navigate through life. And and thank you, Father God, for your grace and your mercy, Father God. Thank you, Lord God, for this message of of forgiveness and, and repentance. Help us to walk in love towards one another, Father God. Help us to see each other as you see us, Father God. Help us not to pass judgment on each other, Father God, but consider each other. Thank you, Lord God, that we come together as one, Father God. We're in one mind and in one accord, because when we come together as one, Father God, there is nothing that we cannot do, Father. We're so thankful that you called us to be alive during this time and in this part of your plan. And we thank you, Lord God, that each and every one of us, God, our heart is to do your will, to do your plan, Father God. Help us, Lord. Help us to make adjustments in our lives. Help us to let go of any hurt or any pain, any offense, Father God. Sometimes it's really hard when we're in a lot of pain, Father God. But we know, God, that if we surrender and we submit ourselves and our heart to you, Father God, you can help us through any situation. We thank you for your grace and your mercy. I just want to give you an opportunity here, you know, before I give you an opportunity to receive Christ. If you're here in this room and, you know, or watching online, and maybe you need to repent. Maybe you've spoken some ill words towards people, or maybe you've offended people maybe you've passed judgment on someone maybe you've turned your back because you've been hurt so i just want to give you this opportunity right now to repent lord forgive us forgive us for being distracted forgive us for getting off of our watch forgive us for being consumed with hurt fear, anger, pain. Forgive us, Father God, for offending our our fellow brother or sister. Forgive us, Father God, for forgetting who we are and what you've done for us. Forgive us, Lord. We repent and we turn. We make a change tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're here in this place or you're watching online and you've never received Christ as your Lord and Savior, you've never made that initial turn or you've never um, turned away from your sin and and repented and received him as Lord of your life, I want to give you that opportunity tonight. Just pray this prayer after me. Say, dear God, thank you for your son, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for giving your life me thank you for taking on my sin i repent and i turn to you tonight be lord of my life in jesus name amen maybe you're here and you've walked away from god you haven't been walking in fellowship with him you've allowed you know offense or unforgiveness in your life and it's caused you to just walk away. You know, you're watching online. It's caused you to walk away from the church. It's caused you to walk away from God because you feel like, I don't want to be a part of something that's, you know, like that. I want to encourage you tonight to come back to him. God is love and he loves you. So pray this after me. Say, dear God, forgive me for turning my face from you Forgive me for forgetting who I am, for allowing the world to influence me. I come back to you tonight, to your will, your purpose, and your plan for my life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed any of those prayers, if you're here in the room, um, we have a book written by Pastor David called Friendship with God. It'll help you in your walk with God. You can pick those up in the side foyers. And if you're watching online, type in the comments, call us, email us, let us know. We want to get a a book to you as well. Um, And if you're in this room, make sure you tell somebody. That's a big deal. And we want to celebrate with you, Jesus being Lord of your life.